Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. Now, over the last few episodes of this podcast, we have been in a series of sermons called Confessions of a Pastor, where I've been reflecting on some of the lessons that I've learned over my 13 years in ministry. But since we got started into this series, I've had a few people who've asked me about what it's been like to be a minister over the last five months. And over the last five months, of course, we've been living through the coronavirus pandemic. So in this episode sermon, that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about what it's been like to be a pastor during this pandemic and some of the things that I've learned along the way. So let's get right into this episode. Now, if you were paying attention to the video bumper that finished up just a second ago, you might be wondering, what gives? I mean, I told you last Sunday that last Sunday was the last Sunday in our Confessions of a Pastor sermon series. But just a second ago, we played the same Confessions of a Pastor video bumper that we've been playing for the last few weeks. So what gives? Well, when I started working on this Confessions of a Pastor sermon series, all that I intended to do was to reflect on some of the bigger lessons that I've learned over my 13 years in ministry. But since I got started with this series of sermons, I've had a handful of people who've wanted to know what it's been like to be a minister over the last 23 weeks. And that's because it was 23 weeks ago that the first confirmed case of COVID-19 reached our city. And as this novel virus continued and continues to rapidly spread across our country and around our world, it's impacted almost every area of our lives. And that includes the church. So since I've had a few people ask me about it, I thought that I'd talk with you today about what it's like to be a pastor right now. And the best way that I can think of to describe what it's been like to be a pastor for the past 23 weeks is to borrow the opening line from the theme song for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you what it's like to be a pastor in the pandemic era. Okay, okay. So clearly I'm no Will Smith, so I'm not even going to try to keep rapping. But it has felt like my life has been flipped and turned upside down since our church stopped meeting in person because of the coronavirus. And that's because I have been in church basically every Sunday since the first Sunday after I was born. So when I say that I grew up in church, it isn't a gross overstatement. I was there every Sunday morning for Sunday school and worship. I was in church every Wednesday night for RAs, you know, back when churches still had RAs. By the time I was seven years old, I had made my public profession of faith. I had been baptized and I was a full-fledged member of the church. By the time I was in high school, the only people who spent more time around the church than I did were the people that were paid to be there. I mean, I was still showing up for Sunday school and worship, but I was also there on Sunday nights for our youth Bible studies, and I was there on Wednesday nights for Wednesday night fellowships. And as shocking as it might sound for those of you that know me today, I even sang in the youth choir when I was a teenager. I helped the group of guys who maintained our property and space. I was a part of our church council, and I even got to fill the pulpit and preach when our pastor was on vacation from time to time. So that means it's probably not shocking to you that when I graduated high school, I went off to Georgetown College to get my bachelor's degree in religion. So that means that I spent four more years learning about the Bible and the history of the church. 
I took classes in preaching and theology and even in leadership to help me out when I eventually became a minister. And I got to put some of the things that I was learning in the classroom into practice when I was called to serve as a youth minister in my very first church, a small church in Georgetown during my sophomore year of college. And serving as a youth minister meant that I spent more time around the church. I was leading on Sunday mornings and on Sunday nights, and I was the one who was planning out our fellowship events and taking our group to summer camps and winter retreats. When I finished up college, well, then I was off to seminary, and that means that I spent more time the next four years learning about how to be a pastor. So there were more classes on preaching and theology and leadership, but there were also classes on things like pastoral care and church administration and how to plan out worship services. And it was while I was in seminary 13 years ago that I was actually called to pastor my very first church. So, by the time that the coronavirus began to spread across the world and around our country, I had been a part of the church for almost 38 years. I had been a member of the church for almost 31 years. I had been a leader in the church for almost 25 years. I had spent eight years being trained to be a minister and 13 years serving as a pastor. And all of that went flying out the window when we made the decision to close our church for in-person services starting on March 15th. So practically overnight, everything that I had learned throughout my life about being a part of the church and serving the church, it no longer mattered. The church had changed, and I had to change with it. The church had changed, and I had to change with it. And let me tell you, that hasn't been an easy thing to do. I mean, just take the very first Sunday as an example. Now, I think we made the official decision to cancel in-person services on Thursday, March 12th. And when we made that decision, it meant that everything that we had originally planned for that Sunday was useless. The special music that our instrumentalists had been working on, it wasn't going to get played. The hymns that Leslie had picked out, they weren't going to be sung. And the sermon that I had prepared, it wasn't going to get preached. So I had less than three days to come up with something that would address what was going on in our world and something that would give us all a little bit of hope for the future. But that's not all that I had to do. I also had to figure out how we were going to get that content to you. Were we going to broadcast it live on Facebook and risk there being bandwidth issues that caused my message to cut in and out on Sunday morning as other churches were worshiping there? Would we pre-record something instead? Would we even fool around with video in the first place, or would I just print off some sermons that we could mail out to everyone? Or could I just post an old message from our podcast and encourage you to listen to that? And that was just some of what was happening that first week. With the first week behind us and the full scope of the coronavirus becoming more apparent, I realized that this wasn't going to be something that just went away overnight. So that meant that our church wasn't just going to change for a week or two. It meant that our church was going to change for a long time to come, maybe even forever. So I had to start learning how to do church online, and the rest of our staff had to learn along with me. So we had to figure out how we were going to incorporate music into our worship services. We had to figure out how we would continue to minister to our kids when we couldn't see our kids in person. 
We had to figure out how to have leadership team meetings and deacons meetings. We had to figure out how we were going to do small groups. And that list kept growing and growing and growing. So for the first couple of months of this pandemic, I felt just like I did when I started out in ministry. I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. So I spent nearly every waking hour reading and learning everything that I could about how to do church online. So if you want to know what it was like to be a pastor for the first couple of months of this, this pandemic, then I have a confession for you. At first, pastoring in a pandemic was exhausting. Pastoring in a pandemic was exhausting. Now, anybody that's been involved in ministry as long as I have has learned that ministry is more of a marathon than a sprint. But over the course of 13 years, I had learned how to run that marathon. I knew the pace of ministry. I knew when sermons needed to be written and how long it would take to write them. I knew what was happening with all of our small groups and when our curriculum was going to change. I knew the plan that our relaunch team was putting together and was developing a timeline for so that we could get everything done. But when COVID-19 hit, ministry went from being a marathon that I knew how to run to being like a triathlon that I didn't even know I was competing in. So for the first two months of this pandemic, when I reached the end of the marathon that is ministry that I was used to running each week, it felt like somebody handed me a bike and said, hey, you've got a hundred mile ride ahead of you. What that meant was that every night when I left the church building, I headed home and I sat down and I ate dinner with Ashley and Hannah, and then I worked for a couple more hours. So my work week went from being closer to 40 hours to being more like 60 or 70 hours or more each week. And it was exhausting. But eventually we started to hit our stride. We started to learn what it meant for Melbourne Heights to be an online church. We figured out what our music was going to be like and who was going to play it each week. We figured out how we would have a special time online for our kids every Saturday morning. We started doing midweek devotionals to lift you up and encourage you along the way on Wednesday nights. And I learned how to preach to a camera instead of preaching to a congregation. On top of that, we were finding ways to stay connected throughout the week. From the phone calls that we made to emails and text messages that we sent, our staff and our deacons have continued to make regular contact with our church members and our regular attenders for the last five months. And we've now even launched a private Facebook group that's helping us get better connected throughout the week. And after getting our feet underneath of us, I started to feel a little bit better about being a pastor in a pandemic. The truth is, I felt so good about it that I have another confession for you. When it comes to pastoring in a pandemic, I found that I actually like doing church online. I actually like doing church online. And there are a couple of reasons why I like doing church online. First, doing church online keeps me and it keeps you safe. And I've long said that my primary concern as a minister is the safety of my congregation. After all, if we can't keep you safe, then our church can't do anything else that we're called to do. And with the record number of COVID-19 cases that we've seen over the last month, it would be harder than ever to guarantee your safety inside of a crowded church building. And the truth of the matter is, most of us don't want to be anywhere near a crowd right now anyway. I know I don't. 
I mean, since the coronavirus outbreak began, the most crowded place that I've been to was a Home Depot back in April when I had to pick up some stuff to replace a broken fence post. And I felt uncomfortable the entire time that I was inside of it. So even though it's been five months since this outbreak began, I still haven't eaten inside of a restaurant. I still don't like walking down an aisle at Kroger that has more than two other people shopping in it. So I like doing church online because it keeps us away from the crowds and that means we're all a little bit safer. But that's not the only reason why I like doing church online. I also like doing church online because I have seen how doing church online has helped our church reach more people with the good news of Jesus than we have in years. And yeah, the initial surge of viewers that we saw back in March and April, it's gone down. But every week, we're still reaching about twice as many people as we were when we were only meeting in person. So as long as we can keep reaching people online, that's exactly what we need to keep doing. And there's one other reason why I like doing church online that's more personal. I've already told you about the extra hours that I've had to put in early on during this pandemic. Well, the only day during the week that I've actually seen my workload go, go down, it's been on Sundays. Before this pandemic, I was essentially at church on Sundays from about 8.30 in the morning until after 6 o'clock in the evening. But now, I get to head home around 11.15 or 11.30 on Sunday mornings when our worship service comes to an end. And even though I'm still leading a 3 o'clock small group on Sunday afternoons, I also get the chance to take a Sunday afternoon nap before all that gets started. So I like doing church online because it frees up some of my Sunday. But with all of that being said, I have another confession about pastoring during this pandemic that I want to make. I may like doing church online, but I hate that we can't meet in person. I may like doing church online, but I hate that we can't meet in person. I mean, I didn't get into ministry to spend a half an hour each week preaching to a camera. And I didn't get into ministry to create breakout rooms that our small groups get to meet in on Sunday mornings. And I didn't get into ministry to spend at least one day every week editing videos that we put up on social media. I got into ministry to help people, to help you, to help you hear the good news of Jesus and learn how you can follow him. So I miss hearing how a sermon helped you be a better follower of Jesus last week. And I miss seeing your eyes when that light bulb goes on during one of my sermons when something finally clicks into place for you. And I miss hearing about what's happening in your life and knowing how I can really pray for you in the week ahead. Or to put it a little bit more bluntly, I just miss you. And even though we're doing the best that we can online, some of the things that we're used to doing in person just can't happen through a computer screen. And I also hate that we can't meet in person because after 13 years in ministry, I got to be pretty good at doing ministry in person. But I still don't feel like I've really figured out how to do ministry online, and there's a big part of me that wonders if I ever really will. So that's what it's like to be a pastor during this pandemic. It's been exhausting. And it's been exhausting because I have had to take everything that I've learned over 13 years in ministry and throw it out the window and start from scratch because we're doing ministry in a whole new way.
But it's also been exhilarating. And it's been exhilarating because churches like ours have been reaching more people than ever with the good news of Jesus because we've been forced to do church in a whole new way. But I'm also hopeful that we can get back to some of the old ways before too much longer. But you know what? In spite of all of the long hours, in spite of all of the new things that I've had to learn over the last few months, in spite of all of the difficulties of learning how to be a church online almost overnight, my last confession of being a pastor in the pandemic is, it's made me a better Christian. And it's made me a better Christian because I have had to rely on God throughout it all. And God has shown me over and over again that no matter how difficult things may be, that God is still God. No matter how difficult things may be, God is still God. You know, that's something that the prophet Habakkuk writes about in a time that was even harder than what we've been facing with the coronavirus. You see, Habakkuk lived during a very tumultuous time in Israel's history. He lived during a period of time when the people of Israel had just been defeated and drug off from their homes by the Assyrian Empire. And if it wasn't bad enough to lose a war and to be forced away from your home, Habakkuk also lived during a time when the empire that defeated the Israelites were about to be defeated themselves. Imagine that. Imagine that you lost a war and that you were drug away from your home only to have another army come and invade the place that you were now living to do the exact same thing all over again. Well, that's the world that Habakkuk lived in. And that makes the prayer that he writes at the end of the book of Habakkuk that much more powerful. In Habakkuk chapter 3, we read this starting in verse 17. It says, Though the fig tree doesn't bloom and there's no produce on the vine, though the olive crop withers and the fields don't provide food, though the sheep are cut off from the pen and there are no cattle in the stalls, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my deliverance. The Lord God is my strength. He will set my feet like the deer. He will let me walk upon the heights. You know, I love this prayer so much that I want to read it for you again. Habakkuk prays, Though the fig tree doesn't bloom, and there's no produce on the vine, though the olive crop withers and the fields don't provide food, though the sheep are cut off from the pen and there are no cattle in the stalls, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my deliverance. The Lord God is my strength. He will set my feet like the deer. He will let me walk upon the heights. Habakkuk prays that even though nothing is going right, he will still praise God. Because God is still God no matter what. God is still God when the fig tree doesn't bloom. And God is still God when there's no produce on the vine. And God is still God when the fields are barren. And you know what else? God is still God when restaurants are closed. And God is still God when our kids can't meet together in a classroom. And God is still God when you can't go out and get your hair cut. And God is still God when his church is meeting online. So even though we're all going through a tough time right now, even though we've never been through anything quite like this, let us rejoice in the Lord. 
let us trust that God will lead us through. Because that's exactly what God has been doing for the last five months. He has been leading us every step of the way. I mean, when I stop and I think back to where we were just at the beginning of this year, it's amazing the things that God was putting in place to help us make it through this time. You remember back in January, we launched a brand new church website. Without that website, we couldn't have live video and the things that we have that allow us to worship every single week. We also started using a new church management software that's made it easier than ever for us to stay in touch with you. Those things weren't there when this new year was getting started, but they're things that we have needed every step of the way. God's also helped us since March hit to start learning more and more about how we can be a better church online. And I think we've been learning and improving all along the way. God's been leading us, even through this difficult time. God's going to keep leading us until we've made it through this time as well. So let's trust God. Even when the flowers aren't blooming, even when things aren't going exactly our way, let's trust God because God is going to help us make it through. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, we just want to thank you for being with us every step of the way over the last few months, God. You know how difficult this time has been for every single one of us, as our church has been meeting online only over the last five months, and we haven't been able to come together in a building to see and spend time with each other. You know how hard it's been for those in our midst who have been unemployed or furloughed from their work, those who are wondering if or when they'll be able to get back to work at all. You know how hard it's been for some people around us in our community as they've had to deal with the the health consequences of COVID-19. But God, we've also seen throughout these hard times that you are still with us, that you are still leading us, still guiding us along the way. So God, help us to trust in you. And help us to know that no matter what we may be facing today, that you are with us, that you are still God, and that since you're God, you will help us make it through. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I just want to take a second to thank you for worshiping with us today. And if you've enjoyed our time together today, or if you've been blessed by it, I just want to encourage you to spend some more time with us. You can worship with us online every single Sunday at mhbclouisville.com slash live. So I hope that you have a great week this week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday for another time of worship. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning into this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's episode has not only helped you learn a little bit more about what it's been like to be a pastor during this pandemic, but it has also helped you to realize how much we all need to rely on God during these trying times. Now, this is the end of this series of sermons, so next week we are starting into a brand new series where we're going to be exploring the life of the prophet Elijah. And we're going to be taking a look at Elijah's life because Elijah lived through a time that's not that different than our own. As Elijah's story starts, you know, the people of Israel have just come out of a great time of prosperity, and now they've entered into a tumultuous time. 
time in their history. Kind of like what we've been living through through 2020. So hope that you'll come back and join us next week. As always, that episode will drop on our podcast about noon next Sunday. And if you subscribe, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And you can also always come and join with us and worship live on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on our church's website. That website is mhbclouisville.com. Hope you guys have a great week, and we will see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.